Welcome to Chart and Compass Ministry, a ministry of Christ Lutheran Church in Cape Canaveral, helping you to navigate through the storms of this life by the ever-accurate compass of the Word of God. I'm pleased to share with you today another message from Pastor Greg Lassier, and the message today is titled, Are You Drawing Near or Drifting Away? Grace to you. And peace from God our Father in heaven and from Jesus Christ our coming King and our present King. Amen. Today I'd like to talk about making sure we get to old age honorably. And what do I mean by that? I mean that as we get older as Christians, that we grow up in the Lord, increase, get brighter, get stronger in the Lord as we increase in age and not drift from Him, wander, go back, depart, desert, and not end well. So you can live your life well to begin with, and that's what we want. That's what we're doing. Praise God. But we want to also end honorably in the Lord and not dishonorably. We want to go up and not drift away. And so let's talk today about what Jesus and what God our Father tells us in the scriptures about the importance of taking heed to continuing in him and growing in him as we age so that we do come to our old age with that wonderful honor that God gives to us. And so, do we need to stay alert as Christians? Do we need to uh, keep up guard and keep up our dukes as we go through this world to end in honor? Well, let's take, let's take a look and see what God teaches us about that. First of all, how do we come into Christ in the first place? Let's just refresh. I mean, I know you know these things very well, but this is always good to refresh on. We read here in Ephesians chapter 2 that you, we, were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among these we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of body and mind, and so we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So that's not a good start, right? In our youths, in our early days, you know, we were all you know, unsaved. But God, who's rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, God made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and made us sit with Christ in the heavenly places, that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, free gift, not because of works, lest any man should boast. So God's given us a fantastic start in him by coming and drawing near to us, bringing us into himself, setting us on our feet in Christ, and even putting his own spirit in us. So that's a wonderful start to our Christian life. But let's take a look at this question how important is it for us to keep close to Christ as we grow in him now that we're saved and not drift from him or wander or desert or such things? Is that a possibility to get older and drift away from him? Is that a possibility for any of us? Do we need to keep on guard about that here? Well, let's take a look and see what the scripture teaches about that. If we open up the Galatians chapter 1, here's a church that started great. They were in Christ, but they started to drift. Because we read in verse 6 of chapter 1, Paul says to them, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who calls you 
and the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. So did they start well? Yes. Were they ending well? No. Why did Paul write to them? That they would end well. Because they were starting to, he says, deserting him. They were drifting. They were going away from Christ, not continuing in him as they got older. And in fact, that was a very serious thing because he says a few chapters later, he says, you know, if they want to go back to the law to be justified by the law, he says, if you do that, you are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. So you tell me, is it possible to fall away, to drift, to wander, to desert? Says so in the scriptures. You know, there are certain denominations that would teach once saved, always saved, and it's impossible. There's no, you'll never have a problem ever. You're totally, you know, you never have to keep your dukes up because uh, once you're in, you can't possibly be lost. But scripture's teaching us here, be alert, be watchful, be careful to keep to Christ and grow in him as you grow up in age. We see also uh, in uh, and the author of Hebrews says, encourage one another as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by this, the deceitfulness of sin. For we share in Christ if only we hold our first confidence firm to the end. Now, when you're kids, did you ever play with silly putty? You know, what happens if you, well, if you continue to work with the silly putty, it stays moldable and, and beautiful and young and fresh. But if you let it sit out on the counter, and you don't do anything and you don't put it back, it, what happens when it get, the air gets to it? It comes like a rock, hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. No, we want to continue in Christ to be moldable with the Lord and even brighter as we go. Jesus says, he who endures to the end will be saved, Matthew 10, verse 22. And then the author of Hebrews again says in chapter 2, therefore we must pay the closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the message declared by angels was valid and every sin or disobedience received a just payment, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And one more here. Peter says, You therefore, my beloved, knowing this beforehand, beware, lest you be carried away by the error of lawless men and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how are you doing with that? I think you're doing great. I know you. But let's continue to grow up in him because it's, we, it's a continual watchfulness that we're called to as Christians that we don't desert. It's so easy to desert. It's so easy to eat dessert, right, when you go out to eat. Well, it's even easier to desert. You know, if I'm not constantly watching myself, I can feel every day the tug to go this way and that and get fuzzy. It's constantly bringing us back to holding to Jesus Christ. This is what we're called to. Now, is it possible to actually get to, you know, where people say, you know, I'm knee high. I was, I've been in church since I was knee high to a grasshopper. I've retired. I don't really need to keep up my dukes. I don't need to be watchful in my faith. Are the people who say that? Is it possible to get older and drift away from the Lord? What do you think? Do you know friends that have done that? Let's look in the Bible and see about a few examples about this. For example, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, sorry, 1 Kings 11, we read Solomon, King Solomon, <sighs> loved many foreign women. The daughter of Pharaoh and Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, Hittite women, 
from the nations concerning which the Lord has said concerning that the, to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives, etc. I mean, think about that. And 300 um, concubines. Think of the number of mother-in-laws, right? <laughs> for when Solomon was old, his wife it says his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, say old. old. Uh, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not holy to the true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Slain by a woman, or women, many women, actually, in this case. He was turned away. I mean, this is the guy who wrote Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, a good part of our Bible. And he was so wise, nobody could touch him with wisdom. And yet, he drifted because he didn't keep his guard up as he got older. Can that happen to us? You know, you look at other people in the Bible. David, even though he did follow the Lord to the end, he ended well and honorably. But in the middle, he had a bump in the road. He also, he who slew Goliath in his youth, was slain by a woman in his middle age, Bathsheba, committed adultery with her. We read over here also in the Bible, in Second uh, uh, Chron Chronicles 26, verse 15. You ever hear of King Uzziah? It says, you know, he was great, doing great with the Lord. And his fame spread abroad, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction, for he was false to the Lord his God. And he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. What happened when this guy got old? As soon as he's, you know, I've arrived. I've arrived at the pin pinnacle of my youth and of my health and my wealth and my kingdom. At that point, he let down his guard and down he went because he got proud. You hear about Noah. He got drunk when he was older after even such great things, building the ark. Gideon, though he conquered hundreds of thousands, he built an ephod in the city of Ophrah, and all Israel played the harlot after it, and it became a snare to him and to his family. Gideon, what are you doing, man? As he got older, he messed up. And then in the New Testament, you got Hymenaeus and Alexander. They made shipwreck of their faith. And Demas, who in his youth followed Paul so closely, preached with him. And yet, as he got older, in love with his present world, he deserted Paul and went to Thessalonica. So it's possible as you get older, I think you're in Christ and you're doing great, but let's be on guard, right? And you don't have to just be talking about your 60s. What's, what's young to you, actually? It's usually... Old age is 15 years older than you actually are. That's usually the way we define it, right? I used to think 30 was ancient. Now I'm like, puppies, puppies. But at any rate, you know, you don't have to be old, old to hear this sermon because a lot of you have children and grandchildren or great-grandchildren who grew up in a church, a faithful church. They were believers. And then guess what? They went to college. They went to a liberal university where the professors chewed and spit them out like a food processor, and they departed from the faith. Let's pray for them that they come back. It can happen to adults. I had a, um, a Presbyterian minister in our uh, Bible study Sunday morning many years ago, 
And he was a believer, and he heard me. I mean, he used to be a believer. Like, like solidly, Jesus is the only way. The Bible's fully inerrant and truthful. And I was preaching that way. He says, I used to believe that way, but when I get old, I no longer believe that way. And I said to him, I used to believe liberally, but now I believe conservatively. I believe these things. And he got angry with me. And he left, but you can depart even as a minister. You want to hear a really shocking example? Billy Graham. Do you know about him? I mean, the great American preacher, everybody looks to him, but you know what? In his later life, he departed because he used to say, Jesus is the only way to heaven. You need to, and he had his hands like this, right? I was chopping, you know? You need to come to him or you will perish. He's the only way to heaven. You need to come to Jesus Christ right now and come to him today. He would speak like that. He believed in the inerrancy of scripture, the fully trustworthiness of scripture. Well, after his younger days, a guy in California, one of his friends, shared the Bible's not wholly true. That's what he taught Billy. And Billy started to drift. He started to wander. He started to lose it. And I saw an interview with him this week, um, June 6th, in 2005, on Larry King. You know what he said? Larry King says, you know, what do you think, Billy, about all these preachers that say you got to believe in Jesus to be saved, and otherwise you can't enter heaven? And you know, I'm going to quote you Billy Graham. Billy said to uh, Larry King, he says, quote, In my earlier ministry, I did the same. But as I got older, I guess I became, became more mellow. What does it mean you became more mellow? It means you became more liberal. You didn't believe. You drifted. You deserted. That's the problem. Horrible. It can happen even to him. He was on Robert Schuller in May, 97, in May of 1997, his show, and Robert Schuller asked him about, do you need to believe in Christ to be saved, etc.? And Graham, Billy Graham said, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world or the Christian world or the non-believing world, they are members of the body of Christ. Uh, he says, uh, because they've been called by God, they may not even know the name of Jesus, but they know in their hearts that, that, that they need something which they don't have, and they turn to the only light they have, whatever religion they have. And I think that they are saved, says Billy Graham, and that they're going to be with us in heaven. And Robert Schuller, who's a super liberal, was like, I can't believe you just said that. Am I hearing you right, Billy, that you don't even need to hear of the Bible in Jesus' name to be saved? And Graham says, yes, it is because I believe that, that you don't even need the Bible or exposure to Jesus' name. This is the guy who preached to hundreds of thousands of people. But when he got older, he departed. And so I put all these things out there to us today to shock us a bit, shock myself. Remember that we need to hold fast to Christ and to believe on his wonderful name. And you know, the way I, I was picturing this this morning, you ever see a shooting star coming down from heaven uh, you know, at night and it's like brighter, 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 brighter and then it fades? Well, we want to be the same way, but going upwards until we die. Brighter, 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 brighter. And then whoosh, they disappear up into the heavenlies. Is that your life? Are we getting brighter as we go? Well, God, that's God's will for us. And he says, therefore, though, examine yourselves. This is 1 
uh, 2 Corinthians 13. Examine yourselves to see whether you're holding to your faith. Test yourselves, says Paul. 1 Corinthians 10. Let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. And let's look at Jesus. He ought to know. He says in Luke 21, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a snare, for it will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth. But watch at all times. Be alert, praying that you may have strength to escape these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So are you guys alert today? Are you, you know, maybe we should do some calisthenics before we come to church. You know, I know, I think you are alert. I think you are awake. But let's be zealous to be ever more so. Jesus, or, or we hear in Scripture, James chapter 4 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So what's the good news here? Is that we can actually draw near to God, and as we get older, get brighter and stronger and more confirmed and more Bible, knowledgeable and believing, and just that's God's will for you. He's behind you to do it. Do you have any examples in the Bible of people who, you know, we saw people who started great and ended bad. Do we have people who ended bad and ended great? Or started bad and ended great? Let me show you an example here. It's one of the best in the Bible. Uh, this is King Manasseh in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 33. Manasseh began to reign when he was 12 years old. Would you like a 12-year-old reigning over the kingdom? Maybe we feel like we have that sometimes, but at any rate. He reigned 55 years. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. What did he do? Abominable practices, worse than the Canaanites that the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. He re rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had broken down. And he erected altars to the Baals and made Asherahs and worshipped all the hosts of heaven. That's the devil and demons. And he served them. And he... Uh, it says he built altars for the devil and the demons, that's the host of heaven, in the two courts of the house of the Lord. He built altars to the evil one in the house of the Lord. And he even burned his own sons in fire. He, he killed them uh, as an offering to the false gods. He practiced soothsaying, augury, sorcery, dealt with mediums and wizards, and did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. Did he start badly? That sounds horrible. And he was horrible. The worst of all. He was the worst of all kings. And yet, then God says, he took Manasseh in anger and drove him, took him with hooks and bound him with fetters of bronze and brought him to Babylon. He ripped and tore him right out of his kingdom. It says here, though, that when he was in distress, verse 12, when Manasseh was off in that foreign land, he entreated the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him and wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles, it says, God received his entreaty, heard his supplication, and brought him again into Jerusalem and into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, Yahweh, was God. Can you believe this story? Solomon starts great and ends bad. Manasseh starts bad and ends great and good. You can do the same. You, I mean, you can grow in the Lord. And you know, he continued to burn and shine brighter and brighter and brighter because he not only believed, he gets back to Israel and what's he do? 
he goes and he, it says, um, afterwards, he, uh, da, 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 it's over here. He took the altars that he built to the host of heaven and the, and, the, and the house of the Lord and hurled them outside of the city. And he called all Israel to worship the Lord God alone. Isn't that beautiful? You, which one would you rather be? Raise your hand. Would you rather be righteous Solomon or wicked Manasseh? I would really rather be wicked Manasseh because here the saying, the old adage holds true, all's well that ends well. I would much rather start bad and end great than start great and end badly. I'm adverb, right? So Solomon started good and ended bad. Manasseh started bad and ended good. Better yet, to start good and end good. But may we grow up and encourage each other in these things because God is a gracious God. If we draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. We read the same of Paul. He shut up many of the saints in prison by the authority of the chief priests. When they were put to death, Paul says, I cast my vote against them. I punished them in the synagogues, tried to make the Christians blaspheme in raging fury against them. I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Wicked. But then when God called him, drew him near, he became bright, and did he go from brighter to brighter? He got better and stronger and more glorious as he went. That's God's will for you. Same thing with me. I started much more liberal than I am, even though I've always been zealous for God, always wanted to be a Christian, but I was into some New Age readings when I was in my late teens and early 20s, some Native American classes, uh, stuff like that, Eastern readings, I mean, thinking I could bring those into my Christian faith. Guess what? I was wrong. That was, I was going deserting, going the wrong way. God called me, brought me close, and now I'm in him, as you are, but I'm brighter. You know, as I go, I can feel God is helping me to be brighter and brighter. I have a long way to go, but I'm getting brighter as I go, as you are, and let's continue to encourage each other in this. You're like that shooting stars all shining, shooting up towards heaven, brighter, 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 until you disappear and up into the heavenlies. That's God's will for us. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Be alert, watchful, eager, faithful, joyful. So how then can we keep to Christ and shine brighter and brighter as we go? Well, for one, you're in the right place. Church, we're told in the Bible, don't neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage each one another, one another and all the more as you see the day of Christ drawing near. So you're in the right place. Are you a little more bright, a little brighter than you started the sermon, hopefully? You know, God is encouraging you by his word, be bright in me, draw near to me. You know, a lot of older people are in churches that are very, they've gone and left the faith and they're going asleep. I wish they would all come into churches that believe the scriptures. And it's very hard sometimes as you get older, if you have churches around that are not teaching you the truth. May the word of God sound forth. Don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So be careful who you're hanging around with, right? Not only on Sunday, but the rest of the week too. Be surrounding yourself with people who are going to make you brighter. Secondly, be in the word. 
Jesus says, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And you're already free, but if you continue in his, his word, guess what? The more we know this book, our knowledge, our understanding, our faith gets brighter because faith comes from what's heard. And what is heard comes by the preaching of Christ. So if you want to be brighter, be in this word. Are you guys in the word on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Or just Sunday? Well, I'm glad you're here on Sunday. That's fuel. That's wood for your fires. That's, uh, that's strength for your engine. But we need to be in the word every day and growing in it so that we get sharper and better and clear so we can quickly discern truth from error as we grow. Thirdly, Jesus says, be watchful and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Continue steadfastly in prayer, says Paul, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So, you know, when we pray as Christians, do you just pray on Sundays or all week long? Through the day, we need to keep calling to the Lord and he's gonna direct you. His will is that you're brighter and sharp, but you know, if we don't pray, we can fall into temptation, he says, and drift. So if we pray, he opens up as if it is the Red Sea before you and you walk through this beautiful aisle straight down through the, your life to the Lord on a march. Another, another, fourthly, to be engaged in the Lord's work in your life, whatever he calls you to. What is he calling to you to do? You know, if I'm going to try to stop somebody who's, I mean, if I'm going to push them over that's standing still, that's one thing. You know, that would be kind of easy. But if I'm running ahead, it's very hard to stop me on a charge and push me in the other direction. Well, if you're running ahead with Christ to serve him, it's very hard, much harder for the devil to change your direction. So go after it. Seek a good deed a day. See what the Lord would lead you into and run with Christ. Till that point we can say with Paul, uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Therefore, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. And uh, Peter then tells us, Therefore, brethren, be the more zealous to confirm your call and election, for if you do this, you'll never fall. And so there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you going to... Go with me on these things. Build each other up. You know, I need to watch myself as much as you need to watch yourself. But we're here to encourage each other. And God's not going to let you fall. Where is our confidence that you're going to do all these things? Well, I hope you do these things. But our confidence that we will not fall or drift is that God himself keeps us by his grace. The Bible says, I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And you've already been sealed with the Holy Spirit, a guarantee, a down payment, until we acquire possession of our inheritance to the praise of God's glory. So, all's well that ends well. And I'm about to end the sermon. But as we grow up, in age, let's grow up in Jesus Christ together and be alert till we hear that trumpet where Jesus at the right will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And now I'll close with the words of Paul. He says, I commend you 
to the to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message called Are You Drawing Near or Drifting Away? A broadcast of Chart and Compass Ministry of Christ Lutheran Church in Cape Canaveral. I'm Art Hansen speaking for Pastor Greg Lassier. And if you're looking for a church home or if you'd like to stop by and just visit, Christ Lutheran is located on Highway A1A in Cape Canaveral right across from the Recreation Center. If you'd like to hear more messages, or leave a comment on this one, please visit our website at Christ Lutheran Church, CapeCanaveral.org. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to sharing God's Word with you again next Monday at 1230. Have a wonderful week in our Lord Jesus Christ, the great Captain of our soul, and God bless you.